What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the A Show after April show or May 3rd, 2017. How's it been? Uh, a bit of an update. This was supposed to be an adulting episode, uh, but uh, due to the other obligations that's been going on, I haven't been able to do research and all that stuff for the housing stuff. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that's going to be held off until next week. Uh, so, big announcements of the life so far is I'm going to be moving. I took a new job in Michigan, so this show is going to be moving to Michigan in about a month. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm in process of moving and running errands and taking care of, you know, just the affairs over here right now. So it's been quite busy this week and last week, actually, after I came back from Hawaii. So uh, we'll have more on that. Actually, we're going to have an episode about just Seattle in general with another good friend. Uh, Baziar, he'll be joining, you know, talk about moving, you know, he lived in San Diego for such a long time, and uh, moving up here, dating life, all that stuff, we're just gonna, I guess, reflect on it, you know, both of us, our time here so far, for me, five years, for him, about, ooh, I think it's two to three years, but anyways, we'll have more of that, probably a couple weeks from now, maybe even three weeks from now, we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, schedule to uh, record it sometime over the next couple of weeks and then but at least for next week we're gonna have the adulting episode back so uh yeah there's a live update there um it's a good new job it's just been a great five years but uh, i think it's just time to go so uh i'll probably have more on that maybe later although i don't talk about the work stuff so much on this show so so <clears throat> another thing that i haven't really talked about so much which is a trump thing um i know some people have been complaining after so much election coverage and the politics i've been covering uh, especially in the 2016 what the hell happened i do follow politics still i just couldn't fit it in in the many episodes that we've had so far because of all the travels and i think there are more interesting stories and then there's so many podcasts out there that talk about policies and populist ideals and all that that's been going back and forth that the, the you know there's so much media covering the first hundred days of the Trump presidency but uh with that said the 100 days passed as of last week and then uh to be honest after the initial panic and just the concern and just the fear and all that I'm I'm not overly concerned I am I being complacent you know uh no but I just think you know again it just Trump is a one guy. There are other knuckleheads around him anyway, like Mike Pence and then all the other, Ivanka even, Jared Kushner, for who none of the Americans elected. What the hell? They're getting more power and everything. So after the 100 days, what the hell did he achieve? So some people are like recapping that. And then one thing we re- he really achieved was Neil Gossage. Gossage? I can't say his name. Uh, the Supreme Court judge. He got... He got selected to take over the Antonin Scalia's uh, vacant position. So that was a single achievement that he got over the 100 days, you know. He didn't get the the, the immigration ban, uh, the Muslim ban he was doing. That got reversed, and then it's keep getting rejected by the Supreme Court. Healthcare repeal doesn't seem to be going. The budget, the suggestions, you know, with the, I know the new tax proposal he put out there. I don't know how that's going to help. Uh, you know, there's like, if they less people are gonna, you know, people are gonna pay less taxes, it's gonna be simpler, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be fantastic, it's gonna be, like, nothing you've seen in your life before, it's gonna be phenomenal, you know, cover all the entitlements and all that stuff, but, you know, uh, I looked at his plan and I'm gonna be paying more taxes, and I'm like, what the fuck, Donald, what the fuck, so I'm a little mad about that, so, 
There's that. I'm, I'm taking it a loss, and I'm not a goddamn billionaire. And then he cut more taxes for the billionaires and all that stuff, the one percenters out there, you know? The fuck your level people. So, that, that, that said, I don't know how much that tax, you know, thing's gonna go. I saw, an, uh, what was it, a video piece from CNBC or Nightly Business Report about uh, Kansas City and the Kansas. They have some kind of similar, you know, simpler tax code, lowering corporate tax of small businesses and all that, but they're in a $1.3 billion deficit the next two years, and then the schools could potentially shut down and all that, so... People, some people aren't happy, you know. Some businesses are happy, but schools aren't. Schools not getting paid. So the Kansas City, you know, the school districts decides to sue the state supreme court and it's like, what the hell? By the bylaws and all the state constitution, education should be funded at a certain level, but that's not being. The state is not meeting the obligations of it. So people are apparently hating on it. But although that article, I wasn't sure what small uh, the small business owner's concerns were because they showed one piece where one guy was like saving what was it 18 million dollars and they decided to hire new people and all that so there's that about the tax i'm not happy i'm going to be paying more tax and all the people who are making okay money you know are going to be paying more because you know the, the brackets are simpler and then people who are at the whatever other bracket that was more comfortable are you know at the end of the bracket or you know, top tier or some shit. So I'm like, I'm a little mad. I'm going to be paying more. So fuck you, Trump, for that. You're not helping me. I'm not creating jobs. You know, like, what the hell, man? Like, ah. And immigration-wise, uh, H-1B, he really had no plan when he was running the campaign for the H-1B visa, you know, other than, you know, they're the rapists, they're the thugs, they're the criminals, some are good people, you know, all after all that shit about the illegal aliens, then he didn't have much about the legal aliens and the legal situation, and then he comes out, and then the, all the, you know, the restriction on the income, you know, increasing the minimum income for the H-1B workers, the high-skill workers, to be like $100,000 from like 60000 or something, and I'm like, you know, he came out of that plan, and it's kind of, you know, having an interesting effect, on current H-1B visa process. I don't know what's going on. I'm a green card holder now. So uh, thankfully I'm, I've avoided this situation. But I don't know what the hell he's trying to do. Like oh you know. And I know there are some people that are like. Hey man these people are like. Especially Indian people and like Asian people. Are taking all the high skill jobs. That American kids wouldn't do it. But then again like I said before. Take my job. Like see if you do any better. And then see if you want to work 16 hours or like 12 hours or something across five different time zones. If you want to do that, go ahead. Like if, if there weren't enough people that could handle that across multiple, you know, countries and cultures and all that and have the techno- technical knowledge to do it, we wouldn't have this problem. Unfortunately, that's not the case. America doesn't have as great of educational institutions that America offers through the colleges and graduate programs. Not many people take the take the degrees they should be taking, you know. So what the hell, you know? Come come to your senses a little bit, would you? So, and then you know Maziar, who will be joining and who was actually on the New Mexico trip with me when we when the initial immigration ban or the Muslim ban was going on, uh, he was panicking. But after a while, it got blocked, and then nothing that Trump is trying to do got through. He he just smiled afterwards, like, see, like. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing really changed. I think a cooler heads prevail. But at the same time, the fact that nothing gets done uh, is just troubling. It's just going to be eight, like, last eight years. You know, economy got better, but 
Is income really going off for everybody? You know, is like sure stocks are doing great. Like Trump bump, that's been great. But I, it's that's all mostly on speculative things, in my opinion. Although, you know, there's some survey that showed like 47% of the people think that it's less of a policy expectation with the tax reform and healthcare repeal and all that. I think it's a bit of a really, really speculative and very optimistic market at the moment, you know. And <clears throat> that said, like, what I just saw the movie Big Short yesterday. You know, I didn't watch it because it was a, I wasn't gonna cover housing or anything. It just came up on Netflix, and I decided to watch it. It was on the watch list. And you know, at the end of that movie, as you might know, if you've been following the whole housing bubble burst and that all that the bank reform and bailout and all that who really went to jail who who really paid the price you know did the did the bank executives go to jail did the did the hedge fund managers who who bet against the housing market on purpose and yeah yet at the same time offering all these like stupid loan products the garbage loans that are like like considered good loans for some reason did they go to jail did they pay the price no not really one guy went to jail for getting caught you know, but no one really did. And then so actual people really suffered. And I think I think I don't think the economy has changed in a way that, you know, that really helps everyday people, you know, and then the economic mobility moving forward. You know, how do you get to the how do you get to how do you go from like 90 percent to 10 percent? You know, that kind of stuff. I, I mean. I'm going to talk about it more next week with housing and all that, but, like, buying a house is, like, the affordability is, like, goddamn impossible everywhere in the States and Canada and in Australia and lots of other places like London, Paris. It's ridiculous. The rents are even ridiculous. Who's paying all this money anyway? Like, you know, already pre-established folks, like, in China or in India or Somewhere in America, who got all the cash and who got all the tax breaks, who have who can afford the accountants and stuff, right? So I'm paying my honest taxes. I keep all my receipts. I, I keep all my records. What the fuck? And Trump's going to raise the tax on me. It's like, no, 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 I'm kidding it for you. No, you're not. You're, you're raising it on my fucking bracket. That's what fucking happened. So anyways... But um, so thinking about that, like although many of the fearful things that many liberal people are freaking out about, but oh my god, this is the end of the women's rights and all that, like the, it's gonna be end of the environment, all that. That, I mean, yes, it's like it's just it's a slow erosion of it, but I, I don't think that's gonna over overtly change because like Trump's a salesman, he's a businessman, he's not gonna deliver. Same as Ivanka, you know. I don't understand why. I'm gonna go off a little bit here. I don't understand why the people are so fucking high on Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump. What the hell have they have they done? Like, with everybody's like, oh, when Trump says an extreme thing, or Mike Pence, or Steve Bannon, or something, oh, Ivanka's a cooler head in there. And then when the Syria thing happens, uh, apparent rumor is that like Ivanka showed the image of a child suffering from a chemical attack, you know. And then Trump then started shooting missiles to the empty airfield or some shit. Like, okay, but, like, I don't think it requires a daughter to do it. It's very anecdotal in a Reaganist way, but, like, what the fuck? And to be honest, like, what has Ivanka done? What has she done? She hasn't done anything. She didn't run for the office. Why the hell are people so high on her? The same as Jared Kushner. What the hell has he done? Yes, he owned the Observer and all that, but what about the Kushner family? That family is rich as fuck, too. 
And that guy, that that family almost bought the Miami Marlins for like 1.6 billion, mostly on loans. But anyways, like, what the fuck? What what have they done? Like, Jared's so smart. He's so smart. He's so phenomenal. If he if he can't bring peace to Middle East, no one can. No one can. Really, really. Like a guy who hasn't run a po- political office, a guy who hasn't been a straight A student, although grades aren't everything, at Harvard, who got in on a fucking legacy or some shit, like that's a guy. That's a guy that like people like should be relying on as a moderate voice. I think it's bullshit. I, I, it's unbelievable. And then, but, but the fact that these people are running the show and not getting much done, I don't know. It's good and bad, and like. It really shows you that I don't know. I don't think the politicians know what the hell they're doing, or like people aren't voting for politicians they should be looking for. People don't vote right, so I think it, I think it's just gonna be another status quo of the for economically, like you know, stocks doing better, like interest rates are going up, but affordability ain't going up. You know, affordability is getting worse and worse. Income isn't really increasing as much as people think, you know, and Europe's still unstable in my opinion, uh, although the elections in like, what was it, what was the country, Netherlands, Netherlands, yeah, Holland, Netherlands, and then the, that went fine, Austria, it went fine, you know, it wasn't, it was sort of anti-populist, but like French, French election, let's see what happens, Germany, I think Angela Merkel's still doing fine, but let's see what happens. Italy, I know they had a referendum last year, but are they going to have another election? Who the hell knows? And Greece is keep getting bailed out and all that. So let's see what happens. Uh, I think the French election is ooh, four days from now, six days from now, next week or late this week, but whatever. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm still following those things, although I haven't recapped those lately. But, uh, you know, the world is as is. It's a very... The 1% owns half of the world's wealth, and then I'm sure it's still going up. And then watching the movie like Big Short just makes me sad. I was like, and then all those people that are, this is a fraudulent system. It's like, this is a fucking oligarchy of the economy. It's like, you know, it's like, no matter how much I try, unless I win, I win a lottery or something, like, I'm not going to be the one percenter. And even if you become a one percenter, United, this is going to fucking kick you off the plane anyway, or start a fight, you know? So. Whatever. What difference does it make? It's a corporation world world. It's just it's just really sad. Really sad. 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 I'm quoting Trump now. Uh anyways, I'm I'm gonna keep this episode short, you know, keep it in half an hour as we usually do. It's been too long the last few episodes, I admit, but um there's a lot that happened on trips. The good stories there and stuff. And then I'm sure it's a good story to hear down the road, you know, whenever I get older and then like my nieces and nephews or future descendants of the f- the family hears this or something so all right so i didn't see the manchester by the sea i still haven't but i saw the big short and i also th- saw the fate of the furious so i'm gonna talk about those two movies as a bit of a well what, what do you what do you call it as a replacement reviews for manchester by the sea and to be honest instead of thinking of the manchester by the sea i think fate of the furious is a is a more fun one to talk about so how was the fate of the furious so with the change in life that I have right now and in between of running errands and closing the affairs here in Seattle, I decided to go to a movie theater on a Tuesday afternoon. It was $5.96 and I was like, God damn, Tuesdays is so damn cheap. So I decided to go right after lunch because uh, I, I, cool, I needed a cool down time, God damn it, because I didn't really have a weekend because I was busy like unpacking and running errands and all that shit. 
So I decided to go. Nobody was at the theater. That's like three weeks into the movie release and the premiere. So I was like, okay. And I, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. You know, I'm not like religious about it, but I thoroughly enjoy enjoyed them a lot. Uh, you know, cause I don't know, a bit of a car junkie and all that too. But you know, to be honest, the uh, the thing about the Fast and Furious franchise is that it's a pretty diverse franchise. Uh, from the cultural diversity or the race perspective, and it's like, oh my god, not this again. It's like Oscar's so white. No, it's not. But if you look at it, like I like Mad TV more than SNL, cause Mad TV to me was more diverse and more interesting and more challenging. You know, grotesque or whatever humor you want to call it. I laugh more at Mad TV than SNL. You know, and I enjoy Fast and Furious more than uh, what is other franchise that people really watch. That's like really not racially diverse. I can't think here. I'm sure there's a lot. Oh, Avengers maybe. (laughs) I don't know. So, and then because of that reason, I always find it fascinating. It's like how the and then the directors are also like James Wan, Justin Lin, all these guys are in it too. John Singleton was in it. It's very diverse from the production standpoint and also from the actors that are portraying the characters. So I, you know. I don't know how many of you notice it, but I notice it that way, and then I enjoy it. And then it's a stupid action fil- stupid action flick. You know, the very first movie, Fast and Furious, or The Fast and The Furious, was pretty much Point Break with the cars, and then it was cool. Uh, after that, uh, probably the worst one now, after watching all eight, would be probably the second one. I initially thought the third one, Tokyo Drift, was bad, but Tokyo Drift doesn't make sense unless you watch the up to Fast 5, Fast 6, or Fast 7. Then you go back and watch the Tokyo Drift, the chronology chronology of it makes sense. And I like how uh, Justin Lin and James Wan, you know, wrapped it all up with the Tokyo Drift, you know, getting thrown in there with like nonsensical characters like completely out of the canon, but they brought it back together to where it was with a... You know, other characters in there and linking it all together. I thought that's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, the, the scenes are ridiculous. And that, that's the point. And then people go, why would you watch this? Is, this is mindless action. This is a mindless, you know, whatever. But, you know, this is, this is a better version of what Michael Bay should be doing. If Michael Bay makes a movie with all those explosives and all that stupid robots and Pearl Harbor and all that shit, or the nonsensical asteroid hitting on Earth that's physically impossible, at least make it interesting. At least make it a unique cat. Michael Bay doesn't do that. Like, or it's just too lame to a point where the characters are so weak, the dialogues are so lame, the lines are fucking lame as shit that it just loses a effect effectiveness of the over-the-top action fast and furious does a good job you know toning it down yes though what's his what's his face tyrese gibson's character is stupid at times you know just saying yeah every time or like just screaming and then the rock pointed it out and then the rock is like over machismo character you know and all that stuff you know, it's, it gets a little cringy, but at the same time, they, they do it on purpose. It's like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the people. And then the fact that they know that they're making fun of that, they're f- making fun of that aspect and emphasizing on it and hone on it, that's a fun part of the Fast and F- Furious franchise. Now, one thing I don't like is all these people are just getting killed. Yes, and that's a way to do, new way to introduce a character. Spoiler alert, somebody dies in Fast, Fast 8 as well. And then I'm a little disappointed. Like, I think every like at least one person's died in every single Fast and Furious movie, you know, since Fast Four. Yeah, the fourth. Yeah, every like everybody dies since the Tokyo Drift. 
Now I think about it, at least one character always dies. So I'm like, can one person just not die for once? In the next movie, I yeah, I could just see that somebody dies. But like, please don't kill off all the characters. That sucks. But I guess they keep that in there as a shock factor. But again, five in the five movies in a row, somebody dies or comes back or some shit. It gets to a point where it's like it's not it's not impactful anymore. But anyway, so but overall. Fate of the Furious. It was stupid fun. Was it as good as Fast Seven? Hmm. I guess it's about the same. At least the enjoyment of it for me. And then the it's to summarize, it's live free or die hard. Ten years later, you know, with the hacking and all that stuff, and Dodge, you know, Chrysler, Dodge, and all those guys promoted the hell out of this movie. You know, the product placement in this thing is ridiculous when you watch this. You know, with the iPhone and some Samsung phones in there. A lot of Chrysler vehicles like the GM cr- vehicles were in the tr- first Transformers. But uh, I don't, <laughs> I'll be honest, after watching this movie, I don't know if I would like the placement of the Dodge uh, Chrysler product in this movie. Other than the Charger that Dominic drives, like what the hell? Like all the, all the other cool cars are Jags, you know, Lambos, Bentleys and all that for the good guys, the bad people decide to you know you might have seen it from the trailer decide to hack all the cars and then i think it's this is the second movie in a row that i saw where the technology the autonomous driving kind of fails you know the logan had that moment with the driverless trucks on the road and the highway in the middle of kansas or some shit and then in this movie all the chrysler all the chrysler documents get hacked and then it, it does some crazy shit in the movie might have seen it in the trailer and then i'm like i don't think this is a movie that i really want to promote as a hey chrysler is in this if you know the message you're sending is like hey jeeps and fiats and the whatever all of them are so prone to getting hacked and i'm like yeah fuck that i, I don't want that and like <laughs> that was a ridiculous part of it but then again if you look that kind of is a metaphor for like really unsecure products and then a lot of cars are unsafe from the IT perspective and also Chrysler kind of has had bad rap you know with the whole gear transmission thing last year Anton Yelchin died if you don't know now all the transmissions are digital now same as the uh, engine steering everything's really digital now nothing's like so mechanical like it was you know 20 years ago and then the problem with the shifters that Chrysler has had especially with the Jeep was that it was keep coming back to an original position. So you don't know if it's... And it's a simple click. And then it comes back to the middle position. Like a haptic feedback kind of thing. But the thing is... Like springy haptic feedback. The thing is, you don't know if it's in park or reverse or neutral or drive or anything. So Anton Yelchin, the guy who was in the Star Trek, the Russian dude. And then the Terminator Salvation died. Because his car was a neutral, but he thought he parked. And then it just kept rolling and hit the wall. So they found him dead the next morning when he parked his car. And this happened to a couple of people. And then they did the firmware update and all that to fix it. So Chrysler has a bad rap. And to be honest, I think Chrysler cars are garbage. I'm going to say it flat out. I don't like Maseratis. They're using the... Maserati Ghibli uses a goddamn... Uh, Dodge Caravan parts and the Chrysler it's basically a Chrysler 300 but they charge you $80,000 to sell it to Chinese people I'm like what the fuck is this shit I drove it when I was car shopping last year and I go like I wouldn't pay 40000 for this shit and you're charging double that I would rather get a Beamer or Mercedes that's more reliable and Italian cars they're hella unreliable and the Jeeps 
As I commented last week with the Patriot, it was a piece of shit. Compass, although it helped in the outdoor situation, it's a piece of shit clunk of a drive. And then the infotainment system, everything's garbage. I hate it. And then I had a, what was it? The Dodge Journey when my CRV back in the day got rear-ended and I had that car for a while. I hate the Ucadec system. It's not a bad car. I mean, size is reasonable, but handling sucks, you know? The system sucks. The parts are cheap. I see the gaps. And yeah, GM does that too. But at least GM, it's a more presentable design. Ford, it's more reliable, in my opinion. You know, compared to Chrysler, Fiat. I I've I've met I met someone who owns a little Fiat 500 that breaks down every fucking time, and it was a brand new three years ago. It's so unreliable. So there, there's my rant on Chrysler and the fact that they got into the fate of the furious thinking that they will promote the shit out of the movie but at the same time what happened was that their cars are vulnerable as, vulnerable as fuck I thought that that was hilarious and then the Charlize Theron, back to the movie a little bit uh, she was pretty good, I was very I was very surprised and then uh, you know she's playing, playing a lot of villainous roles you know with the Snow White and all that too uh, was the Snow Huntsman, was that the one? the Thor is like Leading all the midgets or some shit. Yeah, that one. Um, dwarf. Sorry, not the midgets. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, it was a very enjoyable movie, and then I'm looking forward to this, looking forward to the sequel. And then uh, Scott Eastwood, son of Clint, is in this movie, and I I didn't realize I I I can't believe no one dropped the line because he looks so much like Chris Evans of Captain America, like, and then he was such an upstanding character in this thing by the book, you know, such a noob, if you want to call it like. Such a white boy in this movie. <laughs> I can't believe someone's like, like Tyrese or something didn't drop a line. Like, okay, Captain America, let's do it your way or some shit like that. I'm sure they'll do that in the future movie. But Scott Eastwood looks a lot like Chris Evans. And I couldn't get that out of my head watching this movie. But uh, plot was, you know, whatever expected. Uh, twist and turns. Eh, I guess they're there. And Helen Mirren makes an appearance, which was known, but you didn't know what her character was. Oh, uh, yeah, there's some surprising... Uh, uh, what is it? The, the cast of cats that you haven't seen before, or you've seen before, that come make a comeback. So it's a pretty good overall enjoyable movie. But it's live free or die hard with cars, and Chrysler's are vulnerable as fuck. That is a point that I got out of this movie. And please do not kill any more known characters. I'm sick of death in this thing. It's so somber watching this thing. So, anyways, so overall, I will give it a one and a half thumbs up. How does that work? It's like one thumb goes up and one thumb goes in a 75 degree angle. So there's that. All right, I'm going to talk about Big Short for a little bit, that movie. Uh, so Big Short, if you don't know, that's a that's another movie based on a Michael Lewis, the the author who wrote also the book called The uh, Moneyball, which is actually one of my favorite books, uh, not just as a baseball fan, but just an interesting perspective on baseball with sabermetrics, the numbers, advanced statistics and mathematics and all that. And Michael Lewis writes a lot of, I guess, economics, uh, business books, Nonfiction books, and this movie is about how uh, very few people saw the inevitable housing bubble that bursted in 08, and it started in 2005. It started from uh, Dr. Michael Burry, Burry of the Scion, uh, what was it, Scion something, Scion Financials, you know, one of the investing firms that this guy was running. He was an actual MD, and that character was played by Christian Bale, uh, and then this movie has an ensemble cast like Christian Bale, Brad Pitt, uh, Ryan Gosling. Again, two weeks in a row, Gosling. And then 
What was it? What's the guy? Steve Carell playing a character. Marissa Tomei's in this. And a lot, a lot, a lot of the people in this, like, cameo appearances. Margot Robbie's in this. We'll remind, it will remind you of Wolf of Wall Street. Selena Gomez. The, the Anthony Bourdain. But the cameos were about explaining the complic- you know, complicated nature or purposely complicated nature of the derivatives and then the subprime mortgage and what the bankers are doing. They try to explain it in layman terms. And the movie is actually directed by Adam McKay, who did The Anchorman, if I remember right. And then uh, he did a really good job taking a bit of a light-hearted tone to a very serious and complicated subject of banking and all that. So, uh... Yeah, I think it deserves all the accolades. And then, uh, it, it, am I satisfied with the explanations that they gave in the movie? Yes, I am. I I hope hopefully people watch the movie, you know, to just you know educate themselves of what the what the hell was going on because basically that's the point of the bankers and all the fiduciary agents and all that out there, you know, like they make the throw a lot of very complicated sounding terms that's actually very simple or it's a piece of shit but you know make it sound so grand and all that and then they lump it with other packages that make it look good and they sell it to somebody they bet against it they sell the bet to somebody else blah 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 so on and on and on and on and then you know there's some criticism of the ratings agencies like standards and pores and moody's who you know didn't look into these loans and subprime loans mortgages and all these things and I don't know why this movie didn't get more attention, you know, beyond the uh, Oscar season. I think given all the housing stuff that's going on right now as well, you know, with the affordability, with all that stuff, I'm going to get to next week. I think it's time to revisit the subject a little bit. You know, Dodd, Frank, Bill went in with a too big to fail and all that. But now I'm asking myself, I'm looking at all the old banks like Wachovia, uh washington mutual you know all these other banks that are out there and then we now have like big four banks jp morgan chase wells fargo city yeah, city kind of collapsed but yeah so and then uh what who's the other one bank of america and you know all these guys they're still around they they snatched up all these broken broken banks and all those things and i'm like they gain more money they earn more nobody Nobody really went to jail. Nobody really paid the price. No real reform happened aside from bailout. And then, you know, banks are more, you know, looking over their shoulder, giving mortgages and credit cards in general. But I think they're, they're, I don't think nothing really changed for the better. Then who knows? We're in the Trump bump at the moment. So, like, people who already had money are making money. So they're happy. And, like, but I'm like, I'm a little cautious. Maybe it's a hater side of me looking at things too pessimistically. But, you know, I'll talk more about that next week with the housing and moving. I'm going to lump that with the moving too. Adulting episode. Um, you know, rent market. To buy a house or not. Mortgage. What the hell do you do with it? You know, that kind of thing. Having a roommate. I don't know. I'll cover everything. Just living. Housing in general. So, uh, anyways, I'll leave it there. Thank you for listening. I know this was a short one. Uh, not much. You know, going on other than, you know, long overdue Trump administration and all that review with the, the, another movie review, a couple movie reviews in here. So I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review. I don't give a shit, you know. So just give whatever star you give. It's not like this is a, this is a financially well-funded show. <laughs> it's like NPR with expletives, okay? And then, so subscribe on iTunes. 
podcast, whatever podcasting you use, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music. I'm on all that stuff. Uh, Twitter, what a show. I've been tweeting a lot more lately. I have more time just talking shit. That's just fun. I'm just trying it out. Twitter seems to be doing interesting things. So what a show, all in one word. And also the email, if you want to email. I'm getting some random emails too. A-show at wildlook.com. Again, email is aa-o at outlook.com thanks for listening and i hope your may goes well and i will check back next week with the housing adulting